I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, sibling rivalry, animal style, we talk to Ellen Weatherford from the Just the Zoo of Us podcast. Plus, Biz has a gift for her kids, disappointment. Woo! Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is a check-in. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they have had hand, foot, mouth for a week, and it makes them act like devils, like literally just insane devilish humans they're so mean and angry and mean to each other and mean to me and screaming all the time and I swear usually they're like above average in terms of kindness and hand foot mouth turns them into this thing that I don't even recognize as a member of my family anymore and this happens every year every year they get it and every year this happens and I am a stay-at-home mom and my husband's working from home because of COVID and life. And I gave him the monitor, and neither of them were asleep. And I just went to the grocery store. And it's the week of Thanksgiving, and I went, and I was hoping for long lines because that would just be nice to stand there. Anyways, it wasn't busy, which actually was much nicer. So that was good. And I'm feeling a little calmer now, and I feel like I can be yelled at again when I get home. Ah. And then maybe some more later, and maybe again in the middle of the night, and then tomorrow morning. Because I went somewhere by myself. You're doing a good job. And I'm doing a really fucking awesome job. You are doing a really fucking awesome job. Wow, I have a feeling there's going to be a theme this week about space. (laughs) Oh, my God. You really are actually doing a great job. I hear and see you. Hand, foot, and mouth disease. I'm just going to say this again. For our listeners who maybe are pregnant or maybe have kids that haven't gone in to preschool, you know, don't panic. Not every child who goes to preschool gets hand, foot, and mouth disease. But it's a thing that happens. And it's possibly, at least for me, it was one of the scariest named things that my kid could get. Like, to me, that sounded like some, like, 1800s, like, I don't know, the the plague hand foot and mouth disease what like this and it's just a virus i think is it a virus i don't know science show just stumped game but it's it does make kids kind of you know not happy wouldn't make me happy either i don't want it so a you have a two and a four-year-old in your house so enough said for them to be grumpy bonus you get a parenting bonus for that i would rather focus though on the I just left the house and went to the grocery store where you're so in need of alone time that you wish you could stand in a grocery store line. (laughs) I recently have confessed that I will arrive at car line to pick my kids up, which they call the line of cars, waiting to pick your kids up. Car line, I will go wait in car line like really early, like Like, people are still in classes. They're not getting ready to go. Because it's alone time for me. In the car. Just sitting in car line by myself. So I hear you and I see you. And I really hate that going to the store, waiting in car line, hiding in the bathroom is all the window we sometimes get in order to, like, get ourselves to a place where, as you said you get to get yelled at again. Like, I'm so sorry about that. And we all know it's not like somebody's like, yeah, go to hell. It's just kids. They yell. They like don't understand self-regulation yet. And so uh, you just get yelled at a lot. And I'm really sorry. I'm very, very sorry. You are doing a really good job. You know who else is doing a good job? People out in the world. Thank you, time.
thank you. La, 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 la. It's a record that repeats. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Thank you, everybody in the medical industry. You're amazing. I don't need to break it down again. You all know who you are. There is no job that is not important when it comes to caring for the sick. They aren't. So thank you. Thank you, people in the travel industry. Thank you for keeping the planes clean and disinfected. And oh my God, the people who help clean the restrooms in an airport. I love you. Thank you. Because travelers, we're just in our own horrible worlds of like, ah, everybody's against me and I've got to get places and I didn't plan well. And oh God, I've got kids. Like all of those things. We're not being always respectful of your house, aka airport. So thank you to all the people who are working, especially those who have to work on the holidays. Uh, Regardless of the holiday, you might have to be working, and I appreciate you. I really, really do. And special shout out to people who work in food banks as well as with other services that provide for those who are in need. Women's shelters, family shelters, children at this time of year. It is a great time to go check out any local, you know, charities or churches or offices in your neighborhood to see if there is like the secret angel project or that like basically you get a wish list from a kid. I I am happy. That's such a fun thing to do. And so I just thank you for all of you who are organizing that. And just thank you. I see you. And as always, teachers, I love you. I love you so much. Like it's maybe going to get uncomfortable. I'm sorry about that. But I really love you. Speaking of uncomfortable, Christmas, tick, tick, tick. That's the holiday we celebrate in this house. Tick, 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 tick. It's coming. And that means unmeetable expectations. And even more unpredictable meltdowns. Okay, a couple of days ago at the dinner table... Ellis just suddenly got upset. <laughs> I mean, not, there was no conversation. There was none. He just suddenly, Ellis was like, oh, I'm sad. I was like, why are you sad? What is happening? We are the only people who don't have our tree yet. We are, everybody in my class has their tree and everybody is having Christmas fun, but us. It's awful. And I'm like, okay, that's not true. I know that's not true. Because not everybody in your class celebrates Christmas. So back it up. (laughs) Two, we always get our tree usually around the 10th of December because we do a real tree. And that means (laughs) real tree, fake tree. It's like, it's like I got a real natural birth, whatever. We go somewhere where somebody has chopped down a tree and we bring it home. If you have a tree that you assemble, it is also a real tree. (laughs) Gonna have like the tree wars. Anyway. So I said, look, it's coming. (laughs) Everything's horrible. Today, I have this advent calendar that I made when Raiden was like one. And I mean, Pottery Barn has nothing on me. It's felt. There are felt numbers. It's like on canvas. And it hangs up. And I love it. Anyway, on today's advent, it was tree. We're going to go get a tree after school. Ellis comes running into the bed this morning at the crack of dawn. We're going to get a tree today. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be so great. Boom. Sadness. I never get to have any say in the tree. I don't get any say in Christmas. I don't get anything. I don't have anything. Mind you guys, this is like, it has not been two weeks since Ellis's birthday. Okay. And these children really are fine when it comes to the basic necessities plus plus and so I was like whoa 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 the tradition in our house is Ellis gets to pick their own small tiny tree that goes on the porch this was an answer to the fact that Raiden gets to put the angel on top of the tree so that's a special job and the other special job is Ellis gets to pick a little tree that's just all their own they get to decorate it they get to do it, it is all theirs No one has input into this tree. (laughs) But as of this morning, that was unfair. They don't get anything. They get nothing. And 
I'm going to get to say what tree we get for the family, but no one gets to say anything about my tree. And I was like, nope, sorry. That's actually not how that's going to happen. So holidays. I'm really looking forward to going and picking that tree up later today and that turning in to some sort of horrible frustration. Back to our check-in caller. I too need a little space. Don't have a lot of space for being yelled at, especially when it comes to something nice or trying to do something (laughs) nice. (laughs) That always fails. Anyway, it's times like this that makes me wonder how other parents are dealing with their children, which I think will tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Ellen Weatherford of the podcast Just the Zoo of Us. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to welcome back Ellen Weatherford, who works in nonprofit administration in Jacksonville, Florida. Outside of work, she finds joy in photography, video games, art, and spending time with her family. Oh, really? Anywho, ha ha! Old joke. <laughs> Ellen's love for podcasts started with This American Life when she was 11 years old, and love for animals goes way back farther than she can remember. She hopes that her podcast, just the zoo of us, will inspire in others the same love and appreciation for our animal friends. I basically want to make Ellen an honorary wildcrat, not that I have the authority to do so. And (laughs) one last thing, during the MaxFun block party that recently happened, Ellen and I also did a little podcast where we talked about an octopus parenting style. But all of that said... If this is your very first time listening, get ready to meet her. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so good to talk to you again. I just, I couldn't stay away. You're oh, just, you can't. You're so magnetic that I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't keep myself from uh, looping back up. Well, I am very glad. Everybody needs to know that behind Ellen, her like, whatever, Zoom wallpaper or whatever you call <laughs> I don't know what the kids call it these days. It is made up of a beautiful jellyfish this is actually my real background this is what's actually behind me that's right what's now. behind this you all the time not a virtual that, background I, I apologize you're right it that <laughs> i forgot ellen is just literally floating in the <laughs> deepest parts of the sea amidst a void full yeah. of beautiful jellyfish <laughs> that's right and at any minute guys i'm pretty excited uh, a kid might just appear in the void <laughs> because that's what happens in our lives but i don't want to ruin anything no spoilers Ellen, who lives in your house? Okay, so there's me, Ellen, the mom. Um, mm-hmm. I am 27. Oh, we're going to get ages. Damn. Woo! <laughs> I don't know. I thought that ages were a part of it. because No, like... they don't have to be, but now you've said it. Oh, oh And no. so we're keeping it in. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh-huh. It's okay. I'm... Do you want to know how old I am? I'm about to be 48 in just a couple of weeks. Crushing it. <laughs> I know. Crushing it. All right. So. Okay. So there's me, the mom. And then 27. there's my husband. <laughs> there's my <laughs> husband, Christian. <laughs> I will put him on blast by saying his age publicly. Um, right. But he's, it's not too far from mine. It's okay. Um, <laughs> 138. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> 2,000 years old. 2,000 years old. Right. Um, and then there is, let's see, I guess I'll go in order of the order in which they were added to my family. Mm. There was my dog, yes. Puppy. She is 10 your, years old. Your dog's name is Puppy? Her name is Puppy. That's the I, best. <laughs> no, it's good. She's I, a beagle and she is a mess, but I've like, I tried to like give her a more interesting name when I sure. got her because I got her from a friend who couldn't keep her. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to give her a more interesting name than that. And I tried. Yeah. And this poor dog, she's got about one brain cell left yeah. in her whole head. Like <laughs> she, it was, it was a wonder she learned one name in the first place. Oh, so like trying to learn a new name was really just pushing it a little too far. So she's stuck with puppy forever. <laughs> so after puppy is my older son, Isaac, 
who okay. is the the Minecraft aficionado of the house. He's okay. the he's the Fair Minecraft enough. guy. I mean, we're like a gaming family, so like we yeah. all are into video games, but he's yeah. the Minecraft guy. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's got their special their special thing. So right, their niche. Minecraft. All right. Wait, where's your niche? What's your video game niche? Pokemon, I would say. Oh. Pokemon. I'm the Pokemon one in the house. Oh, very good. <laughs> all right. After Isaac is the cat, Aki. Okay, Aki. Um, I remember Aki. I remember yeah. hearing about Aki. He's, he, he also, you may see him. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> you yeah. You may see him pass through my screen here because he likes to shove his butt up in the webcam as yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. And then the youngest is little baby Finley, who's only a year old. Right? Oh He's a teeny weeny. How are, a year old? How are you? We're doing, you know, we're doing pretty ah. good because... <laughs> Those first like couple months were were not super fun. No, <laughs> no. I mean, somebody enjoys them, but yeah, I but wasn't it ain't me. one of those. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't one of those either. I was like, this no. Is- I mean, I'm a I'm a like firm believer. I feel like early like newborn childhood is heavily over romanticized. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. In fact, I don't want to ruin it, but possibly all of motherhood. Is overly romanticized. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there's so much pressure to like during the newborn phase to be like, you have to get the newborn photos done and you have to like treasure every moment because, and I'm like, okay, I'm just waiting until I can, you know, I'm waiting for the day when I can tell him to go to the bathroom, you know, like. Right, right. They can hold their head up and stuff, you know, it's. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot to get through, you yeah. know, like, and I'm not the kind of person who like heavily identifies with the pregnancy, mm. childbirth and breastfeeding yeah. experience. Like it's not sure. part of like who I. Not your thing. No, right. it's not like who I am. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people just so identify with yeah. it and it's just very much like a part of who they are. And that's not me at all. So oh. <laughs> oh, you're out. You're out then. Ellen, you're out of the you're out of the motherhood ring gang. Disqualified club. for yeah, sure. Disqualified. It very much <laughs> like feels like something you just gotta get through, you know? It's like yeah. I'm I'm so much more interested in like the long term parenting. Yes. You know, I'm trying to be long like, game. let's all be adults who go to lunch together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it for the long game. Yep, I'm in it for the they've gone to college and and don't ever call anymore. Like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for somebody to not talk to me. I unfortunately crushed my mother's dreams of that day because I bother her frequently. Ah, There you go. It's gonna be payback. There's something karmic in it. My my poor mom. We never left her alone. We never stopped. We never stopped bothering our poor mom. She still has to deal with me and my sister every day. Oh God! All right, we're moving on to more parenting fun things unrelated to us (laughs) so real quick tell us about what the podcast is just the zoo of us it's over here on max fun guys so it's very easy to find (laughs) and we'll link it we'll link it but quick review of just the zoo of us yeah it's funny that you say review because that's what we do is we review animals uh, we give them little ratings out of 10 for their physical adaptations so things built into an animal's body that let mm-hmm. it do a good job of the things it's trying to do ingenuity so like clever behaviors things animals doing to kind of i don't know make it happen in this horrible world they're dwelling in <laughs> and then and then aesthetics is sometimes we just like gush about how cute they are sometimes we absolutely roast them for how not cute they are sometimes they're getting pretty dragged um Uh, (laughs) the aesthetic section some stuff out on the yeah sometimes we're working out our own like issues yeah (laughs) we're working out our own stuff you can't do that with babies so to do that with animals makes a lot more sense you can't be like kind of do it with your own baby but people don't like it when you do it with their baby no fair enough (laughs) Fair enough. That's why that podcast never took off. <laughs> so have you had an animal that you've reviewed that is like the numbers are way uneven, right? Like they are the most beautiful, worthless animal <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah, specifically the one that comes into mind that has pretty much that exact spread you're describing is the Luna Moth. Oh, um, the Luna Moth. That, you know how I know about the Luna Moth? Animal Crossing. Because yeah. that's, this is how me and my children learn. Any 
anyway, go ahead. It's <laughs> hey, I'm not kidding. It's a valuable like that you can learn some actual like serious stuff from blathers. That is actually a hundred percent true. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the Luna Moth, you know, is is just an incredibly gorgeous. Like you look at one, and if you see one like out and about in the wild, you will never forget that. Like it is Sorry. an unforgettable experience Gabe to see a Luna Moth. Is making a face. Everybody, you know like Gabe is making. <laughs> The most horrid face. So I'm now going to have to Google Luna Moth. Hold on one second. Everybody, stop the podcast. Uh, if you've ever seen and- the commercials for the sleeping medication, Lunesta. Oh, sure. They have oh. a Luna Moth in there. Okay, that's a Luna Moth. Gabe. Uh, Gabe is, is having beautiful? such a reaction to the Luna Moth. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. Good, Gabe. So it's gorgeous. And we've seen them in the wild a few times, which is like a fun experience to have. Like it oh. feels, when you see one like out and about, you just feel like you've been blessed for mm. that day, right? It's like, this has been a good day. Like Unless I've been chosen. <laughs> like it, it feels good to see one. But the thing about them, they're absolutely gorgeous, but they're, they spend like the vast majority of their life as a caterpillar. It's a pretty like big bulky caterpillar, but like a lot of caterpillars have cool defenses. Like they might be spiky, they yeah. might be poisonous, you know, they might have some sort of interesting like camouflage. <laughs> the Luna Moth caterpillar, like it's just big and squishy. There's yeah. nothing really to it. And then they, you know, metamorphose into a giant, big, beautiful Luna Moth, in which case they lose their mouth parts. They don't eat. They <laughs> exist for the sole purpose of finding another Luna Moth to mate with. Yeah. So, like, they're entirely singularly focused <laughs> on just finding They're so lucky. <laughs> they literally don't even eat. And so since they lose their mouth parts and they can't eat anymore, they only live for another, like, couple weeks maybe? Yeah. And then they die, you know? And so I was just like, man, they really don't – they really didn't do a whole lot to protect themselves. Like they just kind of didn't bother yeah. in like bulking up their defenses or anything. <laughs> like most other caterpillars will kind of like tank up a little bit. Yeah. But the Luna Moths, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be super hot. I'm going to yeah. be super beautiful, beautiful, sexiest moth in the world yeah. and just hope that gets me by. Hope that gets, <laughs> it has worked for some everybody. Clearly. Cause they're still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. But this makes me think. So this is making me think about parenting styles, as it were. Yeah, my brain's just going to go to, like, this place. So people, we live a pretty long time, I would say, compared to a majority of species that are out there, right? Like, I know that there are turtles and, like, sharks, like, blah, 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 blah. but, like, the insect world, they're not living that long. It's like, some of the smaller animals probably do. But humans, we're in it for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if... An animal or creature, a living thing, is more, quote-unquote, maternal, paternal, if they have a longer life expectancy than a short. Because like like you said, the Luna Moth's like, I got to just <laughs> do it and then yeah. be done. Because that's it. And I'm not going to And teach. they also don't take care of their young. Yeah, you they know? don't take like... care of my young. I'm like, I might even eat it. I don't know. But like, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Not an actual scientist right so i was was gonna say like i'm not a zoologist i'm not a scientist but you know but i play one on a podcast and that's fine (laughs) i play a parent every day yeah so there's this idea of these two different types of reproductive strategies i guess being Mm -hmm. um case selective versus r selective so an animal that is i'm pretty sure it's the case selective will have fewer offspring at a time, so like one or two, but will devote a lot of energy into raising that offspring. Oh, yeah. So it's like a high investment, <laughs> hoping that they will increase the chances that those very few offspring they had will make it to adulthood. Okay. And then there's our selective where they're just pumping out babies. Yeah. You know, like yeah. think of like um, in Finding Nemo. Yes. The- first scene where they look at their eggs and they have yeah. like thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of eggs. of eggs. They know, like evolutionarily know, the individual fish itself doesn't know. But like they get 
that most of those babies aren't going to make it. Right. Like most of those babies are going to get eaten. They might not even hatch, you know? Yeah. Like, they're going to get eaten by a barracuda. Sure, so- but can I just say that Disney really didn't play up the fact that those fish know that they're probably getting... It was like, everybody's dead! Right! Oh, my God! This that is was so a little sad! Like- yeah, I was like, whoa, was little, whoa. Like, crawfish really, like, they'll, they'll fan water over their babies, but they don't care that much yeah. about their baby. You know, like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> But I know they had to zhuzh it up for the movie, yes, you know. But so, but yeah, there's this idea that like you can have a lot of babies and yeah. you just kind of cross your fingers for them. Right. Like it's like, well, hope this works out for you. Goodbye. Have fun. <laughs> like fish do this a lot, you know, like where they'll just kind of ca- yeah. they won't even like bother. Like sometimes they won't even bother like mating with other fish. They'll just yeah. kind of they're called broadcast spawners oh. where they just kind of like, That's, you know, uh, right. that broadcast. sounds like a- like spew sperm into the water and then you know Ah. hope that it meets with an egg (laughs) that's right i've been i've been to frat parties like that ha ha Uh, guys lord help me anyway um yuck anyway (laughs) it's not it's not not, uh great glamorous no 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 it's not for the luna moths all right so (laughs) with that I, what are some of the animals that do the case style, like where the like us, like us yeah. having having a couple, and or maybe just one and being done? Yeah, you'll see it in in mammals specifically, like large mammals. So humans, elephants, whales, like yes. larger mammals will do this. Okay, anything with like a smaller, what you think of as like a litter size, you know, like a uh, bears, large cats, like stuff like that. That will, you'll think of like nature documentaries like yeah. to follow them you know like your your standard fair like bbc <laughs> planet earth uh, right. sort of like growing up insert animal here like those like kind of larger mammals but like birds will do it too you know birds will put a high yes. investment into their chicks like um bald eagles put a lot into their kit we talked when when we talked for the block yep. party episode we talked about emus mm-hmm. um and emu dads put a lot of effort into raising their babies like they, they'll keep their babies around for a long time so like birds will do this a lot there are like some reptiles that will stick around with their babies mm. alligators alligators yeah. raise their babies not like for a super long time but they'll at least like they do a really cute thing where they carry their babies around in their mouths if you've ever seen it oh it's i have really seen cute. that on wild crabs Anyway, isn't it nice? It's I think it's cute because it's just, we think of alligators as being so like big scary monsters, but they're yeah. just like sweet loving mothers until they rip you from the banks and drag <laughs> you under. Anyway. I mean, I'm a Flor. I've I've like God, lived you- my whole life in Florida, so like you yeah. know we're kind of like whatever. Are, like yeah. yeah, it's just alligators. <laughs> Literally, everybody uh, Ellen's just <laughs> shrugging at me like, God, you live with earthquakes. Screw this. <laughs> anyway, when it comes to parenting styles, like, because I, I wonder if it, does it matter if you are a small family planning, you're into family planning as an animal, or you are a, I'm going to shoot my sperm everywhere kind of planner, uh, which one, <laughs> just to imagine, like, is my <laughs> vagina swimming through the water, hope it works out, because Guys, again, I am a biologist. Anyway, <laughs> I'm wondering, so I am a mammal who has had two animals that I have put a great deal of time and effort into. It's a high investment. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, high investment. And guess who it's costing? Anyway, that's <laughs> one of those shows, guys. Anyway, with that, I also strive to use the sibling relationship Mm-hmm. to help them like develop in in different ways socially how to work with other people yeah. how to go into someone's room read their diary and then cover <laughs> your tracks like whatever it is those With are skilled espionage mild espionage is definitely something you <laughs> learn from siblings so in the animal kingdom are there sibling relationships and again disney has lied to me for years so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know like i i one thing like sorry (laughs) my brain just like blue screened that's okay you got a one-year-old in your house man (laughs) you know one of the biggest like offenders i think 
of weird animal dynamics in Disney is like the Lion King. Like the Lion yes. King's really weird because they were yeah. just trying to like take Hamlet and like reskin yeah. it basically, like apply yeah. oh, don't lions say reskin to get it. But you're talking about animals. <laughs> I was thinking about video games where I you know. change your skin. I know that's very good, but like, ah. But yeah, like that one is really weird. But yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of animals do even if they have like a small litter size. <laughs> those siblings will be raised together you know where yeah. like one that comes into mind of like animals that have really close sibling relationships will be cheetahs oh. where cheetah cubs will stick together the male cheetah cubs will stay together into adulthood and really even like maybe even forever like where the males will just kind of stay with their brothers like cheetah males have really close sibling relationships where they stay with each other even after they've left their mom like the the male cubs might stay together so, like, you'll, you'll see a lot of nature documentaries about cheetahs where they usually will, like, follow them from cub, like, from their yeah. little cub days into adulthood. And <laughs> cheetahs don't often make it to adulthood. So if they ah. do, it's, like, really cool to see. But they do, like, like cheetah cubs are, are raised in these, like, small litters, you know? Yeah. So they just really grow up together and they learn to hunt together. And then they just kind of, like, stick together. All right. Some primates like a lot of like lemurs like smaller monkeys or like bonobos or something they'll the monkeys they really take the sort of like it takes a village approach to raising children right where like yeah. they might not even keep track of what baby belongs to which member of the community right like they they just they're so all hands they're on like deck. village takes right. a village yeah, I think there's I think the word for that is allo parenting where like Ooh. it doesn't even matter who the baby's mm -hmm. parents are because everyone's involved with taking care of every it's child. It's a commune. I love it. It is. I love it. It is a hippie commune. It is a hippie commune. I love it. <laughs> like, I'm fine with that. And and you know, humans you know used to do that too in lots of parts of the world they still do that but you know where i live that's certainly not the, the yes. vibe anymore i wish it was that would be so I cool know, wouldn't that be awesome wouldn't, it be, yeah. wouldn't that be so nice <laughs> yeah yeah but you see this like aloe parenting you see this a lot in like lemurs and and monkeys and stuff where like even researchers who are studying them they'll be like i have no idea who that monkey's parents are because you know like wow. they get passed around so much that like you lose track of who gave birth to who you know yeah. like, it doesn't matter <laughs> all right well are there anywhere like the parents just stand back and let the siblings kill each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean are we zooming like out to like animals real, in general i'm talking like real hands-off uh, yeah real okay. free range so <laughs> Most the one that immediately comes to mind is sharks. Not all sharks, but like sharks reproduce in a lot of different ways. But a lot of sharks reproduce with something that's called ovoviviparity. So ovoviviparous sharks are basically like making an egg inside of their body in the sense that it's not attached to like a placenta like ours mm. is. But then the egg hatches inside of the mama oh, yeah. shark's body and then it's, you know, born out like alive she's not laying an egg so a lot of times sharks that do this the the pups they're called yes. pups before they're born they will have a little battle royale oh like inside inside the, inside the shark inside their mom's body before they're Ugh. born right? they'll start taking each other out so they're How kind many of like, might be in there? You know, I don't think it's that many. Yeah. And, and they're really, really small. Like, this okay. is something that happens in, like, a lot of different species of sharks. So it's going to kind of, like, depend yeah, on what yeah, yeah. you're talking okay. about. Some of them can be, like, pretty little. But, you know, they they start taking each other out, like, before they're even born. <laughs> and then I was talking to, we did an episode with one of my favorite comedians in the entire world, Vinny Thomas. Uh -huh. And he was talking about pronghorns with us and mentioned that pronghorns will do something very similar. And they're mammals, you know, like they're- Yeah, what um, is a pronghorn? So a pronghorn <laughs> is, they, they live in the plains in, the, in North America. They are called antelopes, but they're uh, not I antelopes. They're Where related antelopes to giraffes. Play. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they okay. look like antelopes, but they're related to giraffes. But they're really cool, but like they will do something very similar where they'll start, wow. you know, taking each other out before they're even born. So yeah, like some sibling rivalries between animals yeah. can get really fierce. And and naturally, no, the parent does not do anything about that because that is one fewer mouth to feed, you know? Yeah. So she's kind of ah. like, all right, well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how we're gonna wrap this up. All right. You, this is where we're wrapping up today. And that is like I feel 
that for human parents. Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about the romanticizing of parenthood. <laughs> we've talked about as society has developed, you know, there's less of the it takes a village and with more isolated parenting comes more judgment, comes more mm-hmm. I'm not doing it right. How am I sp-? right like this? And then yeah. we, we have like sort of evolved into this. Not only am I going to invest energy and time, I'm going to maybe do more than I even like should, right? right. Like, and or at least just question myself for the rest of my life. But is there a parenting style? You know, now I'm just like going to have one of those discussions where my brain goes through thinking, well, you know, humans, <laughs> we got that thumb and then we got fire and then like everything started to fall apart. We didn't need to rely on the things that like we mm-hmm. probably, the styles of parenting. We probably had, because people did used to a long time ago have lots of kids because you were probably going to lose a kid, right? right? Because of disease, because of war, because of just life was really hard without, you know, houses. Mm -hmm. And so now in many parts of the world, it's pretty cushy in comparison. And I wonder if that sort of changed how we approach where we should step in and where we should step out as parents versus what some of our animal friends do. Do you mean like I don't have a question now. I just realized (laughs) I'm just waxing philosophically wishing – Wishing I could, you know, sometimes eat my children. <laughs> I, th- I think I kind of, I think I get where you're going with like, at what point do we kind of like send our children off into the world? You know, yeah. like, okay, go on about your business now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're a little cult. Go. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it, it is interesting to see like, first of all, like in different cultures around the world, even yeah. now that like. You know, in in a lot of different cultures that are not modern American culture, what? it's totally cool <laughs> for your kid to live with you for their whole life. You know, yep. like it's encouraged, and and then you're encouraged to like take care of your parents when you get older. In sort of the modern, you know, contemporary American culture, that is when when you're 18, yeah, you gotta you gotta you're get out. to getting <laughs> get out, get out. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You gotta get out. Yeah, right. I would say that. A lot of animals do get to a point where they're no longer supporting their offspring. You know, yeah. we a funny example is that um, we were outside in our backyard. We have this backyard that's up against these woods and a retention pond. Is so it we get haunted? All sorts of, is, is it haunted? Yeah. Is it haunted? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Like uh, every story <laughs> I hear of a family who's like got a, oh, our yard backs up yeah, to these it's woods. It's for sure haunted. There's a, yeah. It's haunted. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So we were outside. Um, or no, we weren't even outside. We were inside. And we hear this screaming yeah. from the woods. Ugh. And so we're haunted. like, oh, no. So we go outside. We're just standing on the back porch. And we hear this, like, periodic screaming. It's the same scream, but, like, a few minutes apart. <laughs> and it sounds like a child screaming in the Ugh. woods, like, screaming bloody murder. And so... Yeah. Christian and I were outside. This was like the middle of the night. It was like midnight. And we were like, should we call the police? Like, what do we do? Do we go look to go check on this child who sounds like they're being tortured? Yeah. And so eventually I thought about it and I took out my phone and I took out like a little, just like a little sound clip of it. Yeah. And I asked around some of my birding friends. Oh, your birding friends. Some of my birding friends. And I said, do y'all know what this could be? It was a great horned owl. (gasps) but specifically a juvenile great horned owl whose parents had left it and it was it was like ready to be an adult but not emotionally so what it was doing was it was calling out to its parents saying come back and feed me but the parents weren't coming back because the parents were like no you're ready to be an adult owl now oh my god it's everything that is gonna be the eventual (laughs) end of this parenting project it's a very relatable struggle well that is relatable and so that the owl was screaming like come, come back, back and feed me and it's like you can do it on your own oh god yeah. oh my god wow this is really uh yeah, relatable. So bird parents go through it too uh, yeah come back and throw up in my mouth all I right know we're all fighting that struggle <laughs> ellen that is the perfect place to end this today that 
was phenomenal. Oh, and I'm so glad. Enjoyed that tremendously. <laughs> and everybody, if you also enjoyed that tremendously, and again, want to judge things other than your own children and the friends around you, I highly recommend just the zoo of us mm. where you can take that out on animals. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Biz. It was so great to see you again. It was so nice to see you again. All right. Bye. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Made In. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. And as you all know, they also make knives. I just used my beautiful Made In knife just today to chop up a bunch of old produce to go in the compost bin. That stuff needed a good sharp knife to get through it. Who knew that leeks could be that hard to cut once they have expired? Right now, Made In is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code BADMOTHER. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash badmother and use promo code badmother for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash badmother. Use promo code badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by ButcherBox. When it comes to the meat that will be the centerpiece of your holiday meals, quality matters. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat with no antibiotics and no added hormones right to your house. In our last ButcherBox, we enjoyed steaks, ground beef, and chicken. And it has made getting dinner ready and meal planning for the week a heck of a lot easier. This holiday, ButcherBox is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box. Woo! Plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. That is free bacon for life and up to $100 off. Sign up at butcherbox.com OBM. That's butcherbox.com OBM. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week as well as our failures and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 206- Three five zero nine four eight five. That's two zero six three five zero nine four eight five. Genius fail time. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You mom are a genius. Oh my god. That's fucking genius. Pretty sure I used this one last year, but I'm using it again. When I pulled out the advent calendar, I had remembered to save all of the previous advent little slips of paper. They don't always apply, right? Because there's some stuff we're not doing. But like 80% I can reuse. So I don't have to like freak out and be like, oh, it's 5 a.m. and I didn't write an advent. I haven't thought of anything. I can just like open the drawer and be like, oh, tree. Oh, Rudolph movie, right? Like it's, it's so, I'm so pleased with myself for remembering to do that. Plus I remember to take the thumbtacks that I used to hang the advent calendar up and put them in one of the pockets. Genius. This is a genius. So my toddler, well, preschooler toddler, she's three anyway is a slow walker and take like normal levels of slow walker and then double it in your imagination because she also has uh, cerebral palsy. Anyway, so, but she's three, so she wants to walk. And sometimes we're late and I fight with the urge of like, am I going to let her walk? It's good for her and it's what she wants or am I going to carry her to the car? If I carry her to the car, she's going to be mad. But she uh, rides horses, hippotherapy, and she loves hippotherapy. So if mama is a horse, 
and you ride the mama horse to the car, and the mama horse can gallop to the car when we're late. I get to walk fast, make the toddler giggle, and she gets to practice her words because she does the same commands she does at hypotherapy. So she tells me to walk on and then tells me to stop, <laughs> which is also really cute. Anyway, I'm a genius. I've solved the what do I do when I want to run to the car, but don't want to make the toddler scream problem, at least for the moment. Oh, she needs something. You're doing a great job. Bye. <laughs> you are doing a great job job is what you are doing. You are doing a remarkable job. Mama is a horse. I, you know, I, I think being a horse or being like a cat restaurant and here is your cat food, right? Like whatever it is, like we've all like panic yelled out something that seems ridiculous and our children are like, cool, I'll do it if it's that. So being a horse, that is genius. That is genius. Failures. Fail me, me. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Okay, despite the fact that I've done such a good job with the Advent calendar, remembering to save all the Advents to make life a lot easier, I still somehow, every, we are day 10 into the Advent calendar, and except for the first of the day, I have forgotten to put any of those slips into the advent. I just forget. Ellis will be like, I have to do the advent. And I'll be like, wait, right. (laughs) So winning just, you know, can't, can't win for losing or lose for winning or whatever that saying is. Hi, I'm calling with a fail, which is actually a two, like a two-part fail because it's also a daycare fail. <laughs> Today, this whole week, I've been doing daycare, drop off and pick up. My husband usually does it, but he is traveling for work this week. So I did what I had to do. We get home and I searched the bag before we left, made sure we had anything. Everything was good. Get home. My kid says, he want, well, there's two cups. There were two sippy cups. And I thought, oh, that's weird. Like, maybe I didn't check the bag good enough after his last day of school. So whatever, no big deal. I then proceeded to give my child a cup and it wasn't after he finished the drink of water that I realized that I had two identical cups with two different name labels on them. And I definitely did not give him the one that is his name. So, you know, that's super great during COVID. And when he's sick in like three days, we're going to know why. So just double check the name labels next time you go to daycare. All right. Have a great day. You're doing a great job. Bye. That, I am surprised that this is not like one of hundred calls based on this very fail. Like, I, that seems like that would be so easy to do. Wow, that, yeah. I, you know, like most fails, you just kind of are so tired and so working through the day minute by minute to get to the next minute that like when you see things like that, like, oh, these two exactly like you just kind of go okay and I <laughs> you, like our ability to investigate further is not great there's no like CSI parenting show where like people are like oh the sippy cup actually belongs to right like so you have failed and I'm glad you're ready for the inevitable my kid is sick and yeah I know exactly how they got sick well you're doing a horrible job (laughs) you are the greatest mom i've ever known i love you i love you when i have a problem i call you on the phone Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? 
question mark Uh aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it (laughs) period Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. It's time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a rant. I have a three and a half year old who is in preschool and he started in August and he has been sick seven times. And that's not the rant. Sickness happens, I get it. But in the COVID era, every sickness means a COVID test, which means he has had seven COVID tests and he has figured this out now. And so this morning we went for our seventh COVID test since August, and he wouldn't give them his notes. He just wouldn't do it. And they wouldn't let me do it. The sweet nurse last week, because we did this last week, because he's been sick every single week, they let me do it. It was like, you know, the rapid, barely in the nose swab. They just let me do it. And this week, they wouldn't let me do it. And he would not give them his nose. I tried to hold his hands, but you know what? You can just turn ahead. And we just couldn't do it. We just could not do a COVID test. And three and a half year olds can't fit enough to do the sick test. So we just don't have COVID results, which means now we're just home, assuming he has COVID, because we can't access the ticket to going back to preschool. Like, I, I don't I don't even know what the rant part is. Like, you get this, right? I don't know how to explain. I just don't want to be in a pandemic anymore. I don't want to take my son to get his brain mushed every single week. And really, that would be fine if we could actually successfully do it. But now we're just home for two weeks, even though the technology is there, because my three-year-old won't give up his nose. <sighs> Thank you for the hot vibe. Oh, man. You're doing a great job. And that, my friend, was an excellent rant. That was all that I think rants should be. Let's, let's all take a moment to really sit in the seats of those with very little kids or kids who might be differently wired in a way that makes them seriously not want to be swabbed or, you know, let's face it, some of us who don't want to have something stuck in our noses. Let's all sit there for a minute and Remember that all of them are having a really shitty day trying to help their kids or the people in their lives get tested for COVID. This two-year-old and three-year-old, that is, I, I, when I think of the list of things that I couldn't get my kids to do at different ages or things that I knew was going to be an infinite struggle to get them to do. It's a long list and it's such a drain on you as the parent. Like there's a level of like, everybody's watching me. There's also the level of, wait a second, I was able to do this last week. Why can't I do it this week? There's also the like, why won't my three-year-old let me stick this up their nose? as well as the, of course my three-year-old doesn't want me to stick it up their nose. I Like, guys, Ellis, when they were a baby, could not stand having, the, you know, like you go in and they 
do the little tape measure around your head to see how your head is growing. This was, there was no physical, basically, for the first two years that was not like 90% screaming for things that you're like, well, that shouldn't be a big deal, right? With all like the nurses and stuff being like, why did you get screaming about that, right? I mean, they didn't say that, but I know that's what they were thinking because I was very tired. (laughs) So we have the need for the test. We all understand why we need the test. You clearly understand why we need the test. None of that makes getting that test done easier. The having to stay home is also really frustrating and unpredictable and takes a tremendous toll on you because of work. Or even if you are working from home, you're still not getting any of that time that you would be getting if your child was at daycare. So it's just really too much. It is too much. And I am crossing my fingers that uh, we will head into a time in which we can have more options for testing, especially kids under five. And to all of you who have to get your kids tested, and it's a struggle, I really see you. And you, my friend, you call this hotline and you yell whenever you want. That was, again, exactly what it, of course you're not mad at anybody. It's just bullshit. It's bullshit. Well, everybody, yeah. Sometimes that's all I've got in me is just noises. I miss having Teresa here to just at each other occasionally. But I had such a nice time talking with Ellen. And (laughs) I know that these are just discussions about how other animals do things. I understand. I am not a shark. I mean, I am a shark in the sense of like how I move through as like all parents. We've talked about that for years. We are sharks. But you know, like I listen to these different, I clearly I don't want to eat my young. Clearly, I don't want to abandon them before they are ready to be kicked out of the nest. Uh, and I want them to live a very long time. But I still can't help but be like, oh, maybe I'm like, I, how is it at this stage in the game, I can self-judge myself based on parenting styles of, of animals? that are not even close to being related to me. Well, that panda really does a good job of setting boundaries. Look, you know, my kids would be way more independent if I was like a armadillo. I don't know. Sorry, Ellen. I'm just now, I'm just throwing animals out that probably don't do that. Anyway, I just like, will there ever be a time where I'm like, I have nailed to this? I don't know. Will it be a time for any of us? Or maybe... I'm just really tired of having people in my house all the time. That could be it, too. That could be it, too. I wonder if there's an animal that just wanders off for a month (laughs) and then comes back. We'll have Ellen back on to talk about that. Everybody, you're doing a really good job. It's the holidays, which means so many different things for so many different people. But the one thing we all can relate to is suddenly kids are in our house possibly more than normal or people are wanting to come to our house more than normal. Like, you know, sometimes we're all like, we got kids, they don't go to school yet. We have to be home with babies or whatever. And like you get into a groove and then suddenly it's a holiday and like every relative wants to come over. And like, ah, right? So it's just a sort of burrito filled with ingredients that can fill you up or really cause some issues. (laughs) Either way, it could lead you to hiding in the bathroom, which we know is the way to go when it's too much. Regardless, you are doing a good job caring for your family. You are doing a good job setting the boundaries that you need during this time. And just like every day, but especially during the holidays, let me just be the one to tell you that I see you and that you are doing a remarkable job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye!
I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.